Welcome to the My Mickey Podcast, where we explore the magic and wonder of Disney together. And now, on with the show. Hello, and welcome to the My Mickey Podcast. I'm Karen Stoner, the owner of My Mickey Vacation Travel, and I am here with my husband, Jeff. Hello, dear. Hello. Hello. So it is slowly turning into spring and summer, finally. Yes, thank goodness. I'm ready for it. You know, I was in Chicago last week. We had a group of dream designers up there, as you know, and it was Saturday and we looked out the window and it was snowing. And by the time we got to dinner that evening, there was like three or four inches of snow on the ground and it was awful and it shouldn't have been happening at the end of April. No, I should not have. And as some of you know, we live in Southeast North Carolina, at least for right now. Um, I did not attend the training that you were holding with Kim. And I, you know, a part of me wishes I was there to see, you know, some of our friends and dream designers up there. But after I saw those pictures, I thought, no, I'm fine. No, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, it was, it, it all melted away the next day. It was like 55 the next day, but you know, I'm sitting here looking at home and it's like a 40 degree difference between where I was and where I like almost should have been, <laughs> but, but we had a good time. We had a great time and it was a lot of fun and we did a lot of good training and, and our team is, uh, enthusiastic about creating vacation memories for our clients. So it was, it was a really, really productive uh, weekend with some really good friends. Great. But, you know, I love this weather and I love getting back to spring and summer. And with spring and summer comes a lot of opportunities for families to get together, larger families to get together, either do reunions or picnics. And one of the things that we have found is that a lot of families like to get together with grandparents and cousins and so forth and head to Disney. And I know you did this a long time ago, didn't you? A very long time ago. It feels like it was just um, a year or so ago, but we went in 2005. Wow. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, we went and um, McKenna was only Four. She was a little McKenna, but we went and we went with some of my cousins um, from up in New York and we were living down here in North Carolina at the time and we all met in Disney. So it was you know, my cousins and their husbands and their kids. And so it was a pretty large group. Um, and that was before all, you know, a lot of the advanced planning was done. Um, dining reservations was around back then, but fast passes weren't and you know, I didn't own a travel agency back then and um, travel planners and dream designers weren't a thing back then. Right. I wish that we had that back then, but I learned a lot from that trip. Yeah, things certainly have changed over the years as far as the planning goes. And this weekend when I was in Chicago, I had an opportunity to sit down with one of our dream designers, Jill Ng. And recently she has planned quite a few of these group excursions, if you will, to Walt Disney World for uh, large families. And we talked a little bit about some of the complexities involved in planning, and she gave uh, a few really good tips. So uh, let's go ahead and join in on that conversation. So here is my conversation with Jill. Hello, Jill. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we are here uh, actually on the road this week. You and I are in a conference room at the beautiful Courtyard Marriott here in outside of Chicago. And 
it is the end of April and it is snowing outside. Beautifully, uh, might we add. Well, it's cold and it should be <laughs> snowing at the end of April, but what do we have? Probably about three inches of snow out there already. Oh, and much more than that. Yeah, we weren't really prepared for that but we are here uh we're actually doing some training with dream designers this week and so i thought it would be great while uh, we were here to bring on one of our dream designers from my mickey vacation travel to speak a little bit about uh, an area that um, we have expertise in and so jill has recently done some bookings with what I would call larger groups that are basically multi-room standard booking of, let's say, maybe larger families. I don't, I don't want to get confused with student groups, youth groups. No, uh, not those kind of groups. Yeah, we're not talking like cheerleaders and football players and things like that. We're just right. talking families who are taking up several rooms. Yeah, the grandparents with maybe a child or two in their families, um, yeah, the 16 of us on my last family vacation. Right. So yeah, we do large groups um, or multi-rooms quite a bit. So what we're going to do over the next few minutes is have you give our listeners a few tips on uh, how to plan for these uh, multi-room groups. Just kind of some ideas on trying to make it seamless and a good way to enjoy yourself on these vacations. But before we get started, I just kind of want to remind, remind our listeners, you know, being that we're in this conference room in a hotel and it's snowing out, there happens to be a lot of youth soccer players here <laughs> and they're stuck inside the hotel since it's all snowing out. So they're running up and down the hallway. So if you hear a bunch of kids screaming in the background, uh, we're not on Main Street and it's not a lobby of a Disney hotel, but there are some captured kids that just looking to expend some energy, I guess. They're playing an epic game of hide and seek in this hotel right now. <laughs> All right. So let's talk a little bit about these groups. Uh, tell, again, you mentioned having 16 people on your trip. So tell me a little bit about what the dynamics were of that trip in particular. And then sure. we'll kind of talk a little bit more about how you would plan uh, in general for these groups. Absolutely. So, um, well, my personal group um, in January was my my mother and then my two sisters and their families um, between us. I, my husband and I have five children mm -hmm. um, and then each of my sisters brought their two children and then we had two husbands between us and we also had a nanny. So we had the 16 of us, um, nine which were kids wow. and seven adults um, and we called our nanny an adult because she had just turned 18. So <laughs> <laughs> barely um, and um, the kids range from ages four um, through 12. Okay. Um, I mean, obviously we had that 18 year old as well. Sure. Um, a lot of my, my, um, large multi group, um, room families that are traveling are grandparents with, um, one or two, maybe three of their children and their families. Mm -hmm. So, um, we've had a range from kids, you know, that are from baby to middle school. I've had some that have kids that are really close in age, like two five-year-old girls were on one of the trips. Um, I've had a range of families that have stayed in um, two-bedroom, two two-bedroom villas um, to several different um, individual rooms per family. Okay. Um, so it's been very interesting to have a diverse um, experience. And I wanted to bring that kind of to the table. How do you plan um, for your unique family? Because sure. no two families are the same, are yeah, they? Right. Um, so what, I was just very excited that you asked me to help out. Well, sure. And, and I know you've done a few of these. And so, and, and I think it's key to remember that in these situations, you're, you're going to, no two situations are going to be the same. 
Absolutely. And no two groups of family are going to be the same. And so there's going to be a lot of differences, but I think there's a lot of similarity in maybe how you approach the planning. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about planning in advance. So the, yes. the planning that you do ahead of time. So yes. give me an idea of where you see a time frame. What is the ideal time frame to plan a group like this? Yeah, I think it's definitely um, six to seven months out, but I would say ideal is like eight, okay. eight, nine. That's because coming up with the date and flights can be very tricky with a large group, but securing rooms can also be tricky. Um, so you want to have plenty of time to have open rooms, um, but some of the villas only open up like seven months in right. advance. So it's really good to know what you guys want um, so that you have time to find it. Sure. Um, so I, th I would definitely recommend that time frame. You really want to be ready by that 180-day mark for those advanced dining reservations. Um, but if you have a good month or two in advance, then you have time to iron out some details, make sure you really have the rooms you want. Um, not that you can't change them, but it can be more difficult when you have a lot of different rooms um, or specific categories that you'd like to ensure that you can get them in the same resort. And I can really see where that 180 days comes into play, especially if you've got a group 16, 20, 24 people, you're going to have trouble finding seats in, re in some of the most popular restaurants. You have, you have problems within 180 days to find a table of four, let alone a table of 16. Absolutely. So me, you know, as a dream designer, knowing those dates for my clients is so important. Right. Having those dining reservations locked in ahead of time, because even if I'm there right when they open and I have all my ducks in a row, I still might not be able to get them. Right. And so if I don't have them at that 180 day mark, it's almost impossible. Sure. And I want my clients to have a great vacation. I mean, I, we talked earlier in the training, I sometimes carry that burden of not being able to achieve what my clients want. And um, so if you're booking yourself, if you're using a dream designer, it's just really great to have that advance um, knowledge. It's also really important because some restaurants don't even accept reservations over eight. So it's really good to have somebody who really knows their stuff um, because you might wake up that morning and <laughs> think you can't get any rooms, right. but it's really because you didn't break it up in the proper room um, sizes. Um, it's just very tricky. I mean, Coral Reef we've had tricks with, and right. there's some other ones where, you know, they're not commonly booked by large groups. Mm -hmm. And so you might not know something. Um, so having that advanced stuff gives you the time to do the do the research so you can do a really great job mm -hmm. and make sure everybody gets to do what they want to do. Sure. And, but it's also not impossible. Like sure. if you do book within that 180 days, you just may not be able to get all 16 or all 20 at that same exact time at the exact same yeah. restaurant. So sure. also I can see where you can have some planning opportunities there where maybe um, grandma wants to take the kids, the, the grandchildren off to one restaurant and give the give parents a time to go someplace else. Absolutely. You have a lot of different opportunities there as well. There are also fantastic restaurants that can take large group reservations like same day. Right. Um, like we, when we were on our most recent, recent trip, we had 16 people and we wanted to go to Boma, which is an excellent breakfast. Yes. Um, it's one of my favorite places to eat at Disney. And I was like so worried because all my family wanted to push it back an hour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way. And I was able to snag it that morning. Yeah. And so it is, that was that morning. So, you know, there is room to eat fantastic meals. So if you're at the last minute, don't panic. It's going to be okay. You're just not going to be able to get, you know, just don't ex put your expectations too high sure. to get your favorite restaurant at your ideal dining time. Right. 
you're probably not going to get Ohana <laughs> for 16 people right. the same day or even a month or two in advance for more than five people, exactly. four people. I mean, four people is tricky. Yep. So, you know, you just have to have those realistic expectations. But if something great happens and you get lucky, we're so happy for you. And, and I know one time we did a, um, I did a seating uh, arrangement one time for Ohana. I had mm-hmm. 36 people booked for Ohana one day. And I actually, to get that done, I had to circumvent the normal reservation system. Oh my gosh. Make sure I got that. I'm glad they could accommodate that. did. And it was one long table right down the middle of Ohana. I'm not going to lie. I'm really jealous I wasn't there, Jeff. (laughs) You can invite me next time. I will. It was definitely (laughs) a lot of fun, but it was, it was tricky getting that done. You have that recorded that you said you will invite me next time. Did everybody hear that? Okay, good. It'll happen. (laughs) Um, So I imagine another key element of planning for a small group is trying to avoid the too many cooks in the kitchen effect. Absolutely. I mean, you've really got to have a point person, somebody who's going to be handling the bookings. Um, You know, budget can be a touchy place, especially with family. So it's good to know like who's paying, um, but not just because you're paying doesn't mean you need to be the point person. Um, Maybe somebody else is more experienced, you know, Um, and even if you have a dream designer, um, you still need a point person. You still need somebody who is going to communicate. Um, you know, the, your dream designer will reach out to everybody um, as requested. And, you know, everybody does it a little bit different, but they will reach out to you if you want to be reached out to. Um, but at the end of the day, it's so important to have your group have somebody that can speak on your behalf um, just so that it doesn't get messy. I mean, right. you don't want four people logging in. Um, the morning of fast passes and trying to make fast passes because then you might accidentally delete something. Um, you know, we, in our family, I handled all of that obviously because, Hey, I'm here. I'm a professional. <laughs> um, but it is also important to know that like one person is, is touching the app and, you know, working with my Disney experience up until that moment. Um, it's also very convenient if, um, there's a point person who knows everything that can communicate with Disney. Um, if that's your dream designer, that's probably ideal. But if you have, um, if you're doing it directly with them, um, it's good to have one person know the plan um, and them make the edits and such. So I think probably one of the key elements of this, as I hear you talk about that point person, mm-hmm. is that whether it's before the 180 day point uh, where you're doing dining or even before the 60 day point where you're doing fast passes. Right. The group itself needs to be very clear on how much act, how much of the activities they are doing as a whole group, or are they splitting some of the activities out on certain days by family? Again, maybe the grandparents are taking the grandkids to do something while the, the parents go do something else. Having that, having that defined and in agreement by mm-hmm. everybody in the group in advance has got to be critical because you don't want to say, well, I'm going to get you 16 reservations at Chef Mickey and then find out two weeks later that somebody wanted to do something else on that day. Yeah. Something I recommend is, you know, every part of the family. So let's say you have just a single guy on the trip and you have like different families, um, you know, that everybody has a voice Mm -hmm. because, you know, or something that's theirs. So, you know, making a, I love to sit down with my clients and kind of talk about each person, learn about what's important to each person on the trip. You know, oh my gosh, you know, Uncle Brian loves Star Wars. So we're going to make sure Uncle Brian gets to see some Star Wars stuff. Right. But, you know, in your group, I mean, that's going to be come down to planning, but having the point person keep track of what's real. I mean, you can't do everything with 16 people in a 
a month at Disney, forget a week. And so, you know, it's really important to, to see what is everybody's really big desires um, and then how to prioritize them. You know, like for example, on our trip, you know, we really thought about what the kids could ride together. Um, we thought we had a couple kids that could ride all the bigger rides. So we kind of divided and conquered. Um, and then we had some adults that were comfortable going with the littler kids and missing the bigger rides. Sure. And so it was just kind of complicated. But if you have somebody who can organize that for you it re- and like is the one that's in charge of making sure it happens, then it just keeps everybody a little bit happier with each other. Mm-hmm. And these trips really can you know, bring your family closer together. And so doing this advanced planning, um, really thinking through the details and making sure everybody's on the same page is really going to make that happen. So do you have any suggestions? Let's kind of stick with, uh, we've kind of been talking about meals a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions on how to decide as a group where to eat? Yeah. So, well, first of all, we make lists. So I like to say, okay, every family gets to pick one or two meals that are like must do's, especially if everybody has a meal plan. Um, it's, you know, ideal. I mean, you're looking at budget. You got to make sure everybody can afford what they're, you know, because you have a large group, you have to consider everyone's budget. Um, we kind of do lowest common denominator in our family. Um, but each family is different. Sometimes grandma and grandpa chip in or whatever. Um, but the meals, you know, I, I like each family or each group pick one or two meals that are really important to them, um, and brainstorm together. If you can do that on Skype, if you can do that over the phone, you know, like a merged phone call, or if you guys can do a Google doc, however you do it in your family, um, or with your group, um, that's a great way to do it so that everybody feels heard and everybody has a special moment. I mean, and think about it, like if you're on a week-long trip, maybe you only have two or three meals that are together right. and maybe some of them are separate. So don't think like just because you're on this family vacation together, you have to do everything together. Right. Um, one of my clients, um, she had, um, you know, three separate rooms and they did three meals together. The night they got there, one in the middle of the trip and the day, night before they left. And every other meal was like by groups. So sometimes grandma went with this group and sometimes grandma went with that group. And so it was complicated, but I was able to keep up with it for them. And that made it easier for them, but also made sure everybody's needs were met. Um, so yeah, it does get a little sticky sometimes if you want to be creative. Um, but if you have a point person who knows what they're doing and um, is willing to keep up with each detail, it can be really successful. I like that idea of, you know, it doesn't have to be everybody gathering as a big group every meal you can do that maybe as you arrive or right, especially the night before you leave. I think that's a nice touch to do that. Yeah. But it's not something you, you have to necessarily feel you have to always do because maybe, you know, maybe in a family, maybe a, a, a certain brother and a sister are really close. Right. They just want to get together together as their family. Right. Or maybe some of the kids are really close Sure. and they want to do big kid rides and you can't have everybody. And so they're in a whole different park. Right. Exactly. For that whole day. I mean, that's, that's what's nice too. I mean, we've talked about meals, but also park days. Yep. I mean, you're only limited for your whole room to share the same kind of park tickets. Right. So one family could get park hoppers because they have teenage kids who are going to be going to the park that everybody else wants to in the morning, but then they want to hit extra magic hours in Epcot, mm-hmm. you know, because that's, an awesome resource for them or they want to go to a fireworks at another park or they miss something that they want to go back and do. Um, So they have more stamina, they have more energy, but maybe the littler kids, maybe you have some kids that, you know, are, you know, struggle to keep up. Maybe they have, you know, Sure. So 
kind of talking about everybody in the room uh, having the same thing. So let's talk a little bit about accommodations. Yeah. So you have a couple, obviously you have several different options depending on the size of your group. So talk to me a little bit about the thought process as to whether you decide maybe each family gets a room or maybe some of them pair up and do some suites or villas. Yeah. Kind of talk to me about that process. Yeah. So it really depends on the party. Um, you know, when we, when I started talking to a group or a point person from a family about what their group would want, um, I really try to focus on what's the most important to them. And then I try to think about um, what options are at the resort that's in their, their desired place. So for example, um, one of my families really wanted to do art of animation. That was a really big priority to them. They um, had young kids and so they loved art of animation. They did family suites and the grandparents were with the uncle. Another family had their two kids and the other family had their two kids. Um, and so that was really a great spot because they were all in the same area. Um, they all decided, let the kids decide which of the three themes they had. Um, and then they just kind of were all in that same area. So originally they were thinking about doing four rooms and then they decided since they had the suite, the uncle could room with the grandparents. So that worked well for them. Um, my family, for example, we did two bedroom, two, two bedroom villas at Animal Kingdom, um, Kidani Village. And we loved that. It was a really great, um, a really great spot for us um, because of the quantity of people we had. Having 16 people, you know, have th six bathrooms between us was fantastic. And having kitchens for all those children and they have a fantastic pool. Um, another group had um, three rooms on the monorail at the Polynesian. And so that was really important to them to be in proximity to Magic Kingdom. And so that became the priority there. So, you know, I, there's definitely not a one-size-fits-all answer for groups. Um, that's why I really like working with groups because it's kind of more of a puzzle. And so I really like puzzles. I like challenges. <laughs> and I really like that at the end of the trip, I get to hear, you know, what worked and what they would have never thought of. Um, you know, things like doing a girl's meal or and a boy's meal. Because um, one of the um, groups, the girls wanted to do um, Acker's house. But the boys were like, I don't want to do a princess meal. <laughs> So we thought of them going over to Hollywood Studios and doing the Primetime Cafe because they wanted, you know, all the dads really wanted to do that. And the moms were like, not really about it. So it was just really fun um, to kind of divide them and make it work. Since they had park hoppers, it was no problem. Um, and it just, it was fun because we thought about it so far in advance that planning it was no big thing because we were able to get those reservations. Well, and the other thing too is I, you have to almost consider the family dynamics because a lot of these are almost family reunions. So you can right. have different elements of brothers and sisters coming in from different parts of the country who may not have seen each other for several years. Sure. So they want some bonding time as well. So sure, but you can, you also need to find a balance because there might be, you know, right. some tension or, you know, you know, people that want more space. Um, there's like some, some of my clients, like, you know, one of their brothers and sisters were not that excited about coming to Disney, whereas most of the group was. And so they actually did less park tickets and just picked which days they wanted to go at the parks. But then there's my family where all my family had a certain budget. They wanted to stay for a certain amount of days. And we actually extended our personal family trip, our room. We see two or three extra nights 
that we could do a little bit of family time that was just us. Because I love Disney. I want to stay way longer than they did. I mean, we were all there for six nights anyway. So to me, you know, adding on those extra base ticket days was not a huge cost. Um, and so it really made sense for me um, to stay two days longer. I do love the idea of everybody coming at the same time. But actually, I had a grandparent, a set of grandparents that actually checked in a night or two before their kids so they could get acclimated and um, settle in. And that was just really important to them. So I think whatever you choose to do, I mean, and those were locals. And then they kind of came in and kind of hung out and relaxed by the pool and checked everything out and rode the monorail. And so that when the grandkids came, they were ready. And so to me, that's really a great option too. Um, the flexibility is something people don't really think about. And so just remember that you don't have to be inside of a box just because you're in a large group. Good. And one word that I heard you just use, which I think is an important word to keep in consideration is the word budget. Yeah. And and we all hope that we, we could be blessed with uh, grandma and grandpa who are going to pick up the tab for the whole family, but that's, not always, that's not always <laughs> the case. So uh, and I and I know that we talked a little bit about accommodations earlier, and I think a lot of the family groups strive to stay in the same resort so that they can be near each other and they can take the transportation together and kind of do things together throughout the trip. But also budget kind of plays into that. So talk to me a little bit about how you work with, with these guests on creating what's the proper budget for the a reasonable expectation for a budget for their vacation and how you work that around where maybe one element of the group may not have the same budget as somebody else. Yeah. I think remembering that there's so much flexibility and length of time is huge. Um, you know, or, you know, presenting to the group that this, you know, letting the whole group know that maybe this family wouldn't be able to participate. Um, sometimes somebody steps up, you know, to help out, um, to help them with that extra couple days. Um, sometimes it's, you know, simplifying tickets, maybe taking off that park hopper, maybe simplifying their dining plan. You know, you can be really creative um, because then maybe you only participate in two of the sit down meals, but you have a quick service um, dining plan. And then you just pay out of pocket for those two sit down meals instead of having it for the whole trip. Um, you know, for me, <laughs> I wouldn't want to miss that <laughs> opportunity. But at the end of the day, if that is going to keep you from being with your family, you got, you know, we can be creative. Um, so that's what I try to do is really think. I try to do lowest common denominator as much as possible. Try to encourage families. For example, one of my families um, that was on that trip um, that stayed at Art of Animation, one of the families was going to stay in a Little Mermaid suite. The grandfather was like, I'm not okay with that. I want everybody to be in the same hallway. So he's like, I'll pay the difference. And he didn't tell them. He's that was really fun to be part of. I mean, you know, they found out a couple weeks before they went, but it was just really sweet of them to think, you know, hey, we really want you by us. And so I'm not saying that grandma and grandpa will step in, but I think, you know, if you want to be with your family or if you want to be in a group, you know, of a bunch of people, you do have to consider people's budgets and be respectful. But again, creativity, you know, and um, with, uh, you know, my experience and my coworkers, you know, we really think outside the box. And so having us in your corner might help you to really think of maybe ways that you wouldn't have really thought of doing it. Okay, good. Um, so kind of where we are in this, we've kind of talked about the accommodations. We've talked a little bit about meals and dining and you know, the attractions and so forth. So that kind of gets us almost to the front steps of the park. Almost so, there. Almost there. So 
let's kind of wrap this up in a nice little package. So what kind of plan would you present to the group or what, what do you recommend that the group have in place as they get ready to walk through the gates so they're not standing with the map upside down wondering what to do next? Yeah, I think the big thing is to really have a plan. So not only where are we eating and what park are we going to, but are we doing fast passes together? Are we um, doing the same park all the time? Are we, you know, and part of that is going to be your ticket decision. You know, like some families all do base tickets. So we, that's what we did on our last trip, but everybody kind of came and went as they wanted. Um, we ended up staying together a lot longer than we planned just because everyone was getting along really well. But we had left certain days to say, hey, on this day, you're going to do your own thing. You can go to any park. Like we had two Animal Kingdom days back to back. And one of the families was like, you know, we want to go back to Hollywood Studios, like in theory. But then when it came to the morning of, they did their plans, changed their fast passes because the cousins were just having so much fun. Um, so just because you have a plan doesn't mean you can't throw it out the window. But I think having it written down is really important. I mean, you really want have a plan that's you know when you have the my disney experience you can like link everything so that you have friends on your my disney experience friends and family and so that you can view but you're only linked to one person so your two rooms are linked but you could have three rooms linked it's kind of complicated but you can't see everybody's plans so sometimes it's nice to have kind of someone organize that um you know that's a service i provide um for my groups where i kind of do a whole group itinerary and then i also break down each family so that they can look at just what their plan is but then they have like a place to reference reference what is everybody else doing is that sure that's what i want to be so if 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 your family is going to be at say animal kingdom for the day but this is a day where you're not really doing everything together you have something that you give to the guests so that they can see, okay, well, grandma and grandpa are at Magic Kingdom and yeah. cousin Billy and his family are over at Epcot and right. that kind of thing. But we're all meeting up at eight o'clock at some place to have dinner. Yeah. And if you have base tickets, you know, like my son, for example, wanted to go with his cousin. Mm -hmm. Well, because we had base tickets, once you enter a park, you can stay in that park. You can go in any park you want. So even though my plan was for him to be with us in Animal Kingdom, he could have went to Hollywood Studios for the day with his cousin if I knew that was the plan. Because we're having dinner at Ohana, it doesn't matter where our park tickets were. We all could get there very easily. And so, you know, having somebody that knows all those things does help because you don't want to be clueless and you don't want to have everybody running around like crazy. But you, it can be done really well. That's a great, that's a great situation you brought up because you want to make sure that you're, you're looking at those minute details because you don't want to have half the group having base tickets and going to Epcot, but yet you have, um, um, you have dining plans that night for everybody to gather up at say 50s primetime cafe in Hollywood studios and they can't, they can't get in the park. So that's a minute detail that, you know, you, you want to make sure you're capturing before, as you're putting these group plans together. Yeah. You got to be really thorough. You got to cross check yourself. You got to make sure you've thought about all the deals. Cause you know, the last thing you want to be doing is, you know, upgrading to park hoppers on your last day because you didn't yeah. think about dinner. Right. Um, or missing a meal together. Um, cause getting that last minute meal again is pretty tricky. I mean, it can happen. We can move mountains for you sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's really important to, you know, have, time together, time by yourself as your family and how you decide to do that is up to you. Um, and maybe, you know, like my sister and my brother-in-law actually decided they were going to fly home with us, but they actually drove down and did something else for two days. 
And that was just because their budget allowed for this and they had a friend that they wanted to visit. And so they went and visited them and it was great. And then we got to fly home together. And so, you know, you don't have to fit in a certain box. You know, that is the flexibility of Magical Express and, you know, all the buses, you know, if my, my mom took back my son one day and it was like no big thing because she could just take him back. His wristband opened our room. So she could, even though she was in the other suite, she had him, which opened his, so we could go change and go for a swim. So, you know, it really, if you know all these details, it's, it can be done for sure. Good. Um, this has been really informative. I, I know our listeners are really going to enjoy this episode because we do see so many of these multi-family groups traveling together. So as we wrap up, Jill, would you please let everybody know how they can contact you directly? Me directly? I would love to hear from you, especially if you're in a large group. Um, email is jill.ng at mymickeyvacation.com. And my phone number over there is 262-271-6015. I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook. I'm Jill Ng Dream Designer on Instagram. Um, I'm all over the place. Awesome. I'm very grateful for you spending this time with us. Thank you. It was very fun. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, uh, please remember to keep the dream designers of My Mickey Vacation Travel in mind, whether it's uh, group traveling together or maybe it's just you and your family looking for a wonderful Disney vacation. They work diligently to plan these wonderful vacation experiences for our guests, and they are the proud sponsors of this podcast. Please definitely make sure that you are subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss a single episode. Please tell your friends about us, and we will see you next time.